the diamond, I realized the that I have to be The Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These are size 11. They are made up of a two-tone pattern with black and beige. The laces are beige and the end of the shoe is black. The sole is made up of a brown stripe and then the rest is white with the Vans logo on the end. There's also a Vans logo on the sole of the shoe along with diagonal striped pattern. These shoes belong to Jonathan Buckley and this is his story. Your heart beats fast, the blood, you flush. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it, it's physical. It's, it's, it's semi-orgasmic, I suppose. I mean, when I first went down there, you didn't have to wear a bathing costume. And anybody who's skinny dipped or anything knows the, the sensual pleasure of being in water or just being naked. Uh, and, and actually swimming and then feeling the water when it's warm in summer and then when it gets a bit raspy and cold in the winter. It's really exciting. And, and, and what it does to you when you get in there and you come out, of course, is that your blood, when you go into the cold water, it, it, it sort of rushes to the core of your body to keep all your vital organs uh, warm. And then when you come out, it goes whoom. It's basically, it's it's about a high, I guess. The cold, the cold water is about. Um, it's kind of a bit of a drug, really. It's lovely in there today, actually. Just right. Okay, I'm uh, Jonathan Buckley. I'm 59 years old. I have been married. I've lived in Streatham Hill for about, uh, I don't know, about, I must be about 30 years now. This flat is just absolutely. Uh, bathed or inundated with light. Um, when, when I first moved in here, I, I likened it to living in a sort of cave on the edge of a cliff. There was a tree that was almost up to the height of this uh, room, but they had to cut them back. But I always felt that if things got desperate, I could actually jump out of my window into the tree. Okay, the beginning. The, uh, in the beginning, I moved to a flat with my wife, right down on Tootingbeck Common, and that was back in the 1980s. And I discovered that on the common there was a very large swimming pool that was open all the year round. You go in there, go through this creaky old turnstile, trees all around, water, and and the the pool is a uh, hundred yards long, thirty yards wide. So so even in winter, it's like a it's like a great big mirror, bounces light around. And I think it was in the summer, I went swimming in the morning, and I got to know some of the old folks there. There was uh, some old-timers. And uh, 
when it came to autumn time, they said to me, uh, hey, John, are you going to be uh, swimming through the winter? And I said, what do you mean swimming through the winter? And they said, well, we swim on through the winter. Uh, and I said, oh, OK, well, I'll give it a go. And uh, I suppose in those days it was about 20 or 30 people who swam through the winter. They turned off the uh, pumps. The waters eventually went dark black. There was, there was no lifeguards. There was one man down there who just was there as a caretaker. And you go in in the morning, strip off, no swimming costumes or anything, have a skinny dip. I think it was my first first winter. It, it froze over, and I think the ice on top of the pool was about six inches deep. They would break the ice along one side of the pool from steps to steps, and you get in at one end and swim to the other end and get out. It's a practice of almost self-mortification or facing up to a little death when you, you offer yourself up to a frozen swimming pool and uh, say, OK, you talk about sometimes, well, you know, if there comes a point where you don't want to live anymore, how would you, how would you finish it? Well, I could jump out of the window here, um, but a cold lake or a swim. The funny thing about swimming in the cold, actually, is, uh, and I used to find this, I don't, I don't know, if it, but, but if you swim, if, once you reach past, past a certain point, it doesn't feel cold anymore. And that's dangerous because then you're going to get hypothermia. But, you know, if you did want to think, you know, if you at a certain point you had some terminal illness or something and you were looking a way to, uh, to finish it, yeah, swim in the Lido <laughs> on a very cold day for too long. No, that's, that's rather macabre, isn't it? But um, we always used to say that the funny thing is that if somebody is swimming longer in the cold than normal, then they're probably going through something traumatic. And there, it is, uh, you know, if you if you get the blues or maybe you suffer from depression, uh, in a funny kind of way, um, to take time out and get out of your house and get to the Lido and get out of your head by being in the water, um, it's a way of coping with heartache, uh, the blues, uh, I think I found it very my work stressful, and then when I had children, and uh, and marriage can be difficult. I'm I'm separ uh, divorced now, and uh, I used to just find going down there in the morning just a great way of uh, just wiping the hard drive. It, it it just it just sort of made everything much easier to deal with. Get undressed, fling off your clothes, and just dive into a very cold pool, and just immediately viscerally be in touch with the elements then the then the thoughts and the uh the sadness or the uh they kind of you know they're they're gone you know the mind's a funny thing i think you know the uh our thoughts can drive us drive us a little bit mad i think and they can get on top of you You do see people coming and going. You do see people getting old and dying. 
Um, I saw one man there, um, Bob Fitch, who'd uh, who'd swum there for 40, 50 years, had a stroke, but he's kept coming to the pool. I think it was probably uh, autumn, late autumn, and he used to come down with his wife, Doreen. She'd look after him, and he'd, he'd get in and swim a little bit. And, uh, and I just heard a shout as I was swimming down. I looked up, and a guy called Steve was running down the pool. And, and I got to the end of the look, and, and basically, Bob, he'd, he'd reached the steps, and then I think he probably had a heart attack or something. So they got him out. Somebody was trying to give him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Doreen, his wife, was there, and she was distraught. So what I ended up doing was, uh, you know, holding on to Doreen, giving her a cuddle, and, uh, and then the, the ambulance came, and um, they took him away, and Doreen went with them. And we learnt that uh, they tried to revive him, but, but he died. But the, the funny thing was that it was, it was kind of traumatic, but nobody, but nobody really minded, because Bob, he, he'd been swimming there for 50 years. It seemed, it sounds really, it seemed like the right place for him to die, the right way for him to go. I'm sure if he could have chosen when and where to go after his last swim, I think he would have thought that was a pretty good uh, finale to his life. Jonathan's story was produced by Eleanor McDowell. His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile In My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next.